0: Flocka song where that's like that—that's the hook on the way over.
1: Let's shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Waka Flocka and Clint Eastwood—they, I guess, they have a couple <laughs> things in common in terms of being just like outlaw artists who play by their own rules.
0: <laughs> Flocka, Flocka, did you see when Flocka said he's like I, you know, I stopped rapping because I thought I sucked.
1: That's sad. I know it that's was like really sad. I mean, I've seen a couple of Flocka interviews where he seems like really personable, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he definitely has. I don't know. Uh, some some issues, you know, and yeah. uh, fame will do
0: it to you. I, I I got that clip through like a Bomani Jones tweet, <laughs> and I replied to him, and he quote tweeted me, and I had to <laughs> had to deal with that. I I love. I honestly love Bomani Jones. He might be my yeah. favorite sports.
1: In terms of like mainstream media well, sports yeah, yeah. guys, for sure. I mean, he's the MSM. best guy ESPN has for definitely, sure. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I remember. Yeah, I used to be big on those ESPN shows. Like, oh my PTI. I used to wake up like. <laughs> Fucking oh, every summer, just
1: wake up and watch that lineup around the horn, PTI, yeah. and then the afternoon sports center. Oh, too classic.
0: <laughs> that's that's sports comedy. Someone needs to get that again. You know what I mean?
1: Well, Norm MacDonald had that sports oh, show that true. ran like a season.
0: Comedy, I think if Comedy Central had that on now. They wouldn't let you make that now.
1: Well, because it wouldn't get good ratings. You <laughs> wouldn't get good ratings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people wouldn't it would watch very it. Very yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just laughs> Much like that show was.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, much like it was then. <laughs> I want to watch one of his sitcoms because I, I bet there's something to <laughs> it. I,
1: I watched the first like season of the Norm show. I mean, yeah. he just has that one sitcom, Norm.
0: No, he has another one that was out in like 03 called like something some like it's like a fake name is back or something oh, like okay, that okay yeah or maybe it's like 06 or something but I yeah. might
1: have to look into that but anyway we're, we're way yeah, off topic sure. here welcome to the after hours feed episode 17 of said feed damn the topic today is suspiria 1977 dario argento or sticking tried and true to our italian horror roots um jt you have the 4K Blu-ray disc of this and we watched it at your house. Why did you buy this film on a
2: disc? Um, (laughs) That's (laughs) a good question. Can we get a
0: consumer report here?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I only have like three or four 4K movies and you got to make them count because they're more expensive than the other ones. And Suspiria was a movie that I had seen once absolutely terrible experience but i i knew i liked the movie and i was like i'm gonna make this gamble here see looking at it like on a real purdy picture if i like it even more because i think i've mentioned before i mean obviously i told you fellas off mic, and i might have mentioned it on the pod the suspirious screening i went to was probably one of the worst i've been to <laughs> can you um, tell the folks at home about this <laughs> it was in philly at the light box theater um, just dropping names so you can send your hate there. Um, this was like the print was entirely red, which is like, oh, that's one of the colors in this movie. So you, <laughs> so you see a lot of it. Many, many letterboxed
1: uh, uh, reviews would have you believe that Dario Argento actually invented the color red.
2: <laughs> um, but at a certain point, Eddie's <laughs> look that he gave me, I made that joke even funnier. <laughs> I wish people could see that look. <laughs> I've but said it
1: before, I've said it again. $100 a month for the video feed. <laughs> True. <laughs> All the,
0: off, the off-screen off antics.
2: <laughs> just the wry look in your eye. <laughs> um, but aside from that, there was like one chunk where the subtitles dropped out, too. I remembered last night, and it was just like, okay, well, I guess I don't really know what happens here. Um, it was during the important like witch talk, too. Damn. Um, But then, like, afterwards, it was the lovely Jessica Harper uh, giving her takes on how Me Too had gone too far afterwards. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was an interesting screening. But then um, earlier this year, about the 4K, fucking love this movie now.
0: I think that's a good move, Jessica Harper, who's, you know, leading Suspiria. It's a good move by her just to, like, you know, an audience that, you know, you have to assume a lot of them, you know, spear is a pretty popular uh, foreign movie, so you know they not they might not be you know well versed in her career, and then you know come out as like oh I guess that's what she's about. It's about that anti <laughs> yeah. me too or not anti. It's just gone a little too just a little too <laughs> far. <fun." laughs> <laughs> We're and, not against anything here. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. I mean, Q&As suck already, but then you put like a fucking old person in there. It's yeah. just like, come on, just let him go home. I, I'm really glad I didn't go
1: to any screenings with Q&As like, during the Me Too era, because I feel like that was definitely a hot topic for Q&As, and, and definitely could have made a lot of uncomfortable Q&As even worse. <laughs> uh, but Suspiria, the film itself, uh, it's about Susie uh that's the character she plays and she's an american at a at a german dance school and after witnessing the last moments of a classmate's life before she gets killed things get uh, a bit weirder <laughs> um exploring the foreign spaces with Uh, coinciding slow camera movement and an always building prog rock score creates this like really one-of-a-kind ethereal and bodily and surreal and kind of like always searching and pondering atmosphere it's it's really like nothing I've seen I've seen a Fugiolo now and I've this is the second Argento I've seen but boy this one really knocked me the fuck out
0: Uh, Argento definitely does have an an inquisitive camera style so to speak yeah I mean
1: it's very ponderous and like (laughs) wondrous though like it's it's both creating wonder and horror in the viewer at the same time which is one of the best feelings uh, or best set of feelings you can
0: have simultaneously in a movie true and like i feel like he'll do this thing sometimes you just he'll visually build up to something that just obscures what's going on mm-hmm. even more which in you know in fact adds more suspense and you know i, I guess that's why people call him a master yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean the opening
1: kill uh as we get away from Susie to look at the uh you know we follow the character that we see like yelling in the rain and man the rain coming down in this film just is so beautiful in the soundscape like I don't know the. I mean, we watched it in what I my file also calls original English mix. Uh, but that sound mix, the the combination of like diegetic sound and prog rock and very like obviously uh, artificial English dubbing, cre- it just like helps so much in creating that atmosphere. But anyway, we then follow that classmate of Susie's to see that opening kill. And again, like we talked about with De Palma, it's that fetishistic framing of that disembodied black glove, you know? Mm. And that kind of teases at this being more of a traditional Giallo at first. Uh, and then it just descends or ascends into just like a pure dream vibe mode. Like, amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up, you know, the De Palma Argento hand obsession. You know, we think, thinking about Fulci, how he would shoot his stabbing shots. Mm-hmm. Get like a nasty undershot, you know, just real vulgar stuff where it's like, you know, very... Uh, glove tans very lush holding the knife in a very attractive way and it's you know not to get imdb fun fact mode but argento would do all the stabbings himself Mm. in the movies so i guess you know it wouldn't be a stretch to call it fetishistic
2: you're having fun with it you're (laughs) you're gonna have all these stabbings you might as well enact them yourself exactly Well, and it obviously
1: plays into the the ballet uh like milieu of this film it being a dance school and like The movements feel so expressionistic in the way that a knife with a disembodied hand will just raise and then kind of pause for a second. Mm -hmm. And it feels like he's just like, all right, here is where you sculpt me. This is the pose I'm taking, you know, (laughs) and then just such a sweet like gliding motion for the stabs in this movie it's so disgustingly beautiful. It's that perfect clash that calls all of your tastes into question and also just like has a visceral effect on you at the same time.
0: Argento's blood, like it looks so good. Like it has like a nice, like shiny red quality to it. That Mm. is like, there's a, the, um, you know, not exactly, uh, what do you call it, blood, but there's a scene where Susie pours out a glass of wine and it's thick as paint. And I was I think, about to say that. I and mean, it looks yeah. like, yeah. I think it literally could be paint in that scenario, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is just like, yeah, it is. You know, that is, you look at a great horror director, it's like, how are they doing these kills? That's always a fun uh, way to judge them. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel about this one on uh, now, however many times you've watched it?
0: I
2: think this is probably my third time and I absolutely love it. I mean,. Just what I was talking earlier about seeing the red print, like just the way the set is like I, I, the first time I saw it, I missed out on all those beautiful colors there that are present and just pop in like, I don't know the like you spend so much time in this dance studio space and just how elaborately designed everything is. And just the way um, like, it helps, like, the characters pop against it. Yeah, It's fantastic.
1: Also, it's, like, these set pieces, unlike the Fulci that we talked about last week, they're not punctuated by a brutal murder every time. It's, like, yeah. you get that kill up top, and then you get the, you know, debacle at the end. Mm-hmm. But other than that, these set pieces are just people walking through hallways. Like, people yeah. walking through hallways with curious intent and... uh pulsating prog rock behind them and i love it like it's not like scary you know uh, detached from context but the pure atmosphere of it is like unmistakably great like
0: yeah yeah and i think i think this is a do and a lot to like because i think the lighting style kind of like the bright lighting style here obviously Um, very, you know, influential, not even saying he's the first to do something like this. But, you know, you look at, you know, movies now, you know, hack joke to make a 24 neon or whatever. But um, I feel like his the way he uses lighting is like it's there's no attachment to like metaphorical sense Mm -hmm. at all. And like there's like, you know, you're wondering, like, why is this light green? But, you know, kind of like how people can, you know, sequence images. He could sequence like light patterns that kind of create like a very specific and like. Um, uncertain mood that just, you know, arises horror you know in the horror of uncertainty
1: oh yeah I mean like the very basic concept of montage you know how so many filmmakers will just juxtapose two images and it's like the meaning of those images that you're supposed to be combining in your head for him he will just cut from a very long take of following someone in a red hallway to just a wash of blue in an exterior and it's like it's just the pure mood of the colors that are changing even more so than in interior to exterior on that cut and it almost just makes a whole new meaning out of montage for his films and like how he's using it to further create atmosphere where a lot of filmmakers would just continue using long takes you know Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are a lot of cuts that feel kind of hidden in this just like quickly changing focal lengths looking at the same object where it's like oh a lot of other you know showman stylists would use a camera movement to reframe their But his cuts, like, I don't know, a strict montage theorist might say (laughs) that they don't have any real meaning. But I think the way that he uses an assemblage of cuts uh, to showcase, like, the differences in these, you know, different atmospheres that he's able to create uh, is just next level and, like, nothing I've ever seen. And there are images that are familiar, some Bava, like, uh, Blood and Black Lace in particular. Mm -hmm. Some of the lighting in that reminded me of this, but, like... Used for such different purpose.
0: No, yeah, I mean, he creates something better than meaning. You know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just <laughs> strong, rich, syrupy mood.
1: Now that I've said all the pre-scripted. No, just <laughs> um, No, but it's like I I don't have all that many ideas about this movie. It's such a just an experience
0: of feeling. <laughs> like, no, uh, true. I think I think the way he like he likes to play with the, you know what you sense too is very interesting too. I think kind of comparable to that you know the de palma elevator scene where it kind of you could kind of feel suspended in time with the scene but i think he ramps that up to 11 you think about something like um the sequence where the the blind man gets killed by his dog one of the most mm, kind of just like if like if you think of what the end point of that scene is going to be and you think about all the images that happened before it really doesn't quite make sense how that happens like he just walks out into the middle of a courtyard stands there argento just you know does like three different shots one just completely far away completely distancing and then his dog attacks and probably possessed by a witch or something like that you'd have to figure or, but it's just it's i'm so baffled because in the middle of the scene i'm just like well where's is someone watching him it doesn't seem like why, yeah. why are we looking at this guy <laughs>
2: I mean, to talk about what you were saying about a suspended in time feeling. I like the moment where like the maggots are sort of falling mm-hmm. from uh, the the ceiling and just like we see a little bit of it at first, but he lingers for so long on just them wriggling around there after they're like up in the attic space. It's just like it, it just makes my skin crawl how long we're focused on them.
0: No, yeah, and, you know, it's funny before, because, like, there is, like, a good um, period of time when there is there are no kills, there's no knives being sharpened, you know, there's no plot for murder, and you kind of just see, like, the shittiness of this school. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like... Oh, fuck sorry the bugs you know got in and it's like yeah it's like we, we're having like weird room arrangements for you and stuff like that it's just it is it's just like at first it's like just the horror of going to boarding school
1: yeah exactly <laughs> like she d- doesn't even have a good night in that uh bed of her like immediately you're going into that uh, slu- massive slumber party mode <laughs> where yes. it's just like 50 bunks in a big old fucking room. And it's like, yeah, this place sucks <laughs> beyond yeah. having witches in like this weird <laughs> cavernous back part of it that we, like you don't even see for sure or know for sure that any real like witchcraft is going on until the third act. Yeah. You know, uh, but that building up of a cumulative effect through set piece and uh, sh- production design allows for that third act to just fully unleash any fucking nasty crazy unthinkable thing to happen and it's okay because of what came before
2: yeah i feel like it's really strange that it's like backloaded with the exposition of the witches because i think like a a, like a a filmmaker doing this in a more standard way would have it be sort of the investigative style of them Mm -hmm. figuring this out about the witches but he really narrows it down to that one, like, tight, like, eerie scene where we have those close-ups of, like, the German professor explaining the occult and, like... Uh him and like Jessica Harper their wind are just or I mean the wind is just shaking their hair and then you get that beautiful shot of like the reflection of them talking in the mirror and it's just it's that's all you really need to know about like the occult sort of background there.
1: yeah also the the close-up you said yeah such a strange use of close-up <laughs> like yeah. for a horror movie it felt very jarring and I guess I don't know, maybe we're really supposed to take everything that that guy said as the 100% truth. That's why he's using close-up, but it feels so jarring in comparison to when he deploys it on Jessica Harper for those insane close-ups
0: with those humongous eyes, you know? The final shot of that sequence is pretty... Pretty great. I mean, I love uh, kind of that low angle close up, and he, his, you know, the sky just fills most of the frame. It's just mm-hmm. like, and then you just cut to the next scene. Yeah, like you said, a lot of unconventional cuts, but hey, man, we we like to do shit different.
1: Well, you know? speaking yeah. of unconventional cuts, I want to go back to that dog attack scene because mm-hmm. yeah, the editing logic of it, I guess, makes no sense, and like the distances that we're switching between, and you like. You're not sure what objects in the frame you're really supposed to be paying attention to, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, like that big courtyard, you see like the gargoyles kind of uh, on top of that monument. And you're like, oh, those things are possessed or something? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like you, you're just kind of looking for an answer but at the same time it's more of just like waiting for something to happen and that Mm -hmm. thing being the dog uh, killing that or attacking the shit out of that guy and almost killing him uh was very satisfying
0: (laughs) yeah and the way i i noticed the well, the dog's like, you know, chewing out his neck. I'm like, that looks like a good cut of meat. That looked like just like a good, good nice red marbled steak right there. <laughs> yeah, you build
1: a nice fake head, put it on top of a raw piece of beef. You know, you got yourself a dog head eating <laughs> <Yeah>. scene.
0: <laughs> or like, you know, going back to the attractive blood, but Argento, you know, he's, he's, he's really glamorizing this killing stuff. The meat looks good. The, you know, the blood <laughs> looks good. You know, just good stuff. Is the dog the only killer between the first scene and like the third act? I think well yeah when you're talking when her friend gets a uh, yeah what, would that be around start of third act
1: I guess so that's when it all kicks off and yeah. then she has to go see where these which is what's going on and everything That's yeah. the, I guess
0: that's kind of uh, I think that's end of second act I guess
1: so.
0: <laughs> but, but it's a long it's a long lull that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. whole point that's the whole point point. And it's it's interesting that yeah I mean just even with the blind guy getting fired and you get like this um, birds eye view you know down on him too. It's just like the blind character is very, you know, kind of a very strange character in the way mm-hmm. like Argento shoots him kind of unlike anyone else.
1: It's very true. Um, also a lot of strange characters in this school, the people who run the school that are, witches, yeah, just like hilarious, weird, uh one of them has a nephew who she's very attached to a little <laughs> oh, lord fauntleroy
2: oh my god that boy is so great that is like the funniest way to dress because it's like you're both a boy and a man but so ineffectual at both it's like it's so fucking funny
0: <laughs> yeah he was only missing just a big lollipop to like.
2: <laughs> yeah big sucker <laughs> yeah
1: whatever happened to our little Lord F- Flauntleroy? Uh, he, he's he's in, he's
0: chilling yeah. with the witches. He's chilling like yeah. with them at the end. And right? like he points, he points out to the, the creepy guard guy, you know, I saw, I saw, you know, Jessica. Okay. 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 I'm still
1: piecing together that third act, man. That, that movie really did a number on me where I really had no clue what was going on because I was so taken with it kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, I could just purely ignore narrative logic and then kind of piece together scenes after they happen uh definitely gonna be looking at this one again i downloaded a file right when i got home folks we watched this one together it was very cute yeah, We exactly. huddled up on jt's couch with his dog and his girlfriend and popped in the 4k disc and had a good old yeah. time
0: you know I had a wonderful dinner you know thank you jt and company you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: just be you know get the formal stuff out
0: of yeah, the way. Of course. <laughs> you know? right, thanks it was nice I, it's
2: a lovely time to spend with the boys
0: nice place too i liked it um but also, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Yeah, I've been doing that too much lately.
1: It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess now we might as well do our evaluations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> Uh, while we were at it, and you know, I, I think we're this is probably putting the nail in the coffin on the Italian horror stuff on Pod for a while. Uh, I wanted to go over some of the other stuff we've bought wa- I mean, you've watched quite a bit of horror this month, and mm-hmm. JT, you've seen some too, right?
2: Yeah, I've dipped uh, my toes in. I,
1: I I'm really taken with these Italians. I've talked about a couple of them on middle segments. I I think I, I talked about all the colors of the dark, but it's so crazy how. It just seems to be this like baseline uh, level of quality due to technicians uh, that you'll see in some other national cinemas, like the Hong Kong cinema of the 90s, of course, the classic Hollywood system. Uh, but here it's such a strange, like, set of preferences, you know, in terms of screenwriting and, of course, the dubbing industry and how that plays into the aesthetic of the films. Yeah. And, like, I don't know it's uh it's been a fun month of barely scratching the surface i gotta say
0: <laughs> now, i feel like kind of like yeah i haven't i've only watched a couple italian horror movies during you know this run i watched uh, a lizard in a woman's skin which is a uh, earlier fulci definitely more trad giallo and i think it's just like you know kind of like noir elements kind of like you know not to not to be fucking uh la la land here you know but like the spirit of jazz almost in like these kind of like uh just you know, kind of experimental, almost kind of like adventurous camera movements that oh, yeah. a lot of these you know uh, giallo's tend to have, and uh, a lizard in a woman's skin. You know, thinking about how nasty. Um, New York Ripper is. this one's definitely erotic, but it's it's definitely kind of has more of a tasteful, kind of sleek feel to it. kind of something I get from like a uh, blood and black lace, which oh okay, you've championed before.
1: Yeah, blood and black lace. Oh man, that one is crazy. Uh, just like the the use of that setting of the, you know, fashion design, you get all these mannequins and it's just like, it really keys into the use as bodies in these movies as pure form for these very visually based artists. You know, someone like Bava, whether he's using a mannequin or a woman, uh, a a very harsh critique would be, there's no difference. (laughs) But I think that complication and using these bodies just as objects to either be gazed at uh, in a sexual way or in a violent way is like right away in blood and black That's an early one. That's like mid sixties, you know, uh, right away calling into question everything that I'm going to be watching in Italy for the next, you know, 20 years or so up until the eighties that I've seen. Uh, what a, what a beautiful film. And I mentioned it earlier in terms of the lighting. Yeah. The use of uh, just like gelled lighting and how you can use color to express things that aren't even like attached to specific meanings and just creates a sensorial overload. In combination with so many other stylistic aspects, stylistic aspects, uh, it just really makes for like one of one
0: cinema, you know. Exactly, and that you know that's what makes them so enjoyable too. It's a lot of a lot of effort is seen on screen, you know what I mean? Like, not to be like, oh, they don't make horror like they used to, but I mean, U.S. mainstream horror is just you could see how low effort it yeah. is, and kind of like creating tone and mood, and like this is like these giallos are all dependent on the mood. They're very music heavy, you know, very. Uh, lighting and visuals you know a lot of detail gone into that so just you know a lot of craftsmanship on display and like someone like bava it, like definitely he didn't even think of himself as an artist he even he said so himself he always he was surprised when people took like artistic qualities in his film but you know he's just that pure workman life you know craftsman like mindset mm-hmm. and uh, produce some great stuff
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like that is kind of why i find these films like like particularly like challenging to talk about because it boils down to something where like I don't know discussing like craft on such a base level and just how formally well composed these movies are is like I I don't know it's harder for me to interrogate because I'm just in like in the pleasure of watching them true
0: yeah it's, it's sometimes kind of hard to step outside of it and like I don't know, get too analytical or something like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when you're talking about how people generally discuss American films, you know, you say, oh, did you see that movie? What happened in it? You know? And it's like, you can't quite even, you get a gesture of a plot with a Fulci 80s movie, or even late 70s with like Zombie 2. You know, mm-hmm. you get gestures toward how you would explain what happened into a, in a movie to someone. But the feelings stick with you for so long. I remember I wanted to talk about Zombie 2 on this podcast like five or six months ago, just like in an email or a, some, some segment brought it up and I felt all these things and like all these images came to mind, but I could not for the life of me describe zombie Two. I was yeah, just like, yeah. yeah, it's a crazy movie, dude. There's a shark at one point. <laughs> yeah. It's on wa- A lot of it's on a boat. Uh-
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's because these movies are so immersive when yeah. they're successful. And that's, and I think that's what makes Suspiria. So I think it's one of the most immersive kind of Italian horror of that, that era. One thing that you said earlier was
1: exploratory camera and like, I think Fulci is totally doing this with I I read one review of Zombie 2 that talked about like slow zooms that like turn into slam zooms and images taking on new meanings within them through traditionally kind of sleazy technique, you know, and it just kind of wipes away any notion of like sleaze or, you know, low form or whatever being bad because like clearly (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is next level uh, formal approach and like so much personality infused with each of these directors and the stylistic imprints that they leave too. true (laughs) your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Have you seen that one? No,
0: I haven't seen. I've only seen uh, maybe was that Martino. Yeah, I've only seen one Martino and I, I, I feel like it was too long ago, but I'm that's one. I'm definitely interested in when I saw you watching them.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, based loosely on Poe, the black cat, you know, and it's nothing like the Ulmer film or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to, speaking of the black cat, wasn't the doctor in Suspiria uh, Verdigas? Yeah. That's a uh, fucking, I'm pretty sure Karloff's character in the black cat. Damn.
0: Well, do you, do you I mean, if you didn't know this, this might, ha- you know, make you happy. Fulci has a black cat remake. I'm downloading it as we speak. It's <laughs> <laughs> stuck at 65%. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I you know Fulci, Fulci's funny cuz I I think he towards the back end of his career he starts acting in his mm-hmm. own movies and he makes a little cameo in Ripper as the, you know, the head, police. Of, head of the police department. I don't know. If, I don't know anything add on I to mean, that. I mean, he kind of does
1: his... the the mayor in Jaws role there yeah, where exactly. he's like you can't you can't let people know. We got to keep New York running, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Very funny. Fulci's character
0: now would be trying to reopen restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> Like we the Denny's has to be open. People yeah, have yeah. to they gotta sit down there.
1: But back to uh your vice is a locked room and only I have the key, at points it feels like Teorema almost. And I yeah. that's my only real comparison for Pasolini or my only point of reference for Pasolini, so it could feel like him more at large, but So many of these films, and I made this point elsewhere, but so many of these films, their use of these like beautiful landscapes that also have so much like history in in them, they also just completely disappear the line between high and low art because it's like they're using these traditional, uh, like architecture based landscapes uh, for not the same purposes, but similar. Uh, like audience effect that someone like Antonioni gets you know Mm.
2: totally I mean you getting at history I think brings up something like with Suspiria that feels like very present there all the whole witch stuff is like a long history of like violence that has like existed in this particular location and I feel like it sort of comes out in the fact that like Susie is like an American like intertwined with this like Italian and like the German we get a little bit of German, like, uh, display there. Um, and I think there's like an implied sense of, like, I-, I don't know, violent history in like these big spaces, particularly where we see the uh, um, dog maul the man.
0: No, true. I mean, even, yeah, like something like uh, like the Suspe- the main location of Suspiria, right, where we have uh, all this witchcraft going on and on, and you have this just like intense production design. That's, you know, very, you know, elaborate ornate you know, kind of beautiful in points. And it's like that that's that production design kind of just starts to sour and sour as you kind of realize what's going on here. It kind of takes on a, a whole different meaning.
1: Anything else you guys want to add to Suspiria or the country
0: of Italy at large? Country of Italy. I watched the old Jess Franco movie um, called the, the Awful. Is it The Awful Dr. Orloff? No, <laughs> no, it's not the awful uh, Dr. Orloff. It's the sadistic Baron von Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Um, How was that one? It was not, it was kind of wooden. It was one of his uh, earlier black and white, a little bit respectful, but hey, for moving in the 1960s, we do have a sex dungeon that a woman is brought down to. And um, I don't really remember much about it, but like that, that is also very in line with like... A, in a historical place where you know um i think the the sadistic baron von claus himself he comes from like a line of sadistic people who just have sadistic blood in them they just do bad shit and he tries to deny that as much as he can but you know sometimes you just got to be yourself and then he kills himself because of it And, and it's not not a great movie but you see franco's visual um just some sort of strong visual frames, you know, mm-hmm. put up here. Not much else, but it's just like it shows him that he's a very competent, if
2: not, you know, lush visual director.
1: Of course. I mean, he's one of the one of the most lush in terms of the, the erotic cinema. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking back. I didn't get as thoroughly into my WAP shit as I could have um, this month. But, I mean, because of your exploration, Eddie, it definitely makes me want to more. And I think that, like initially like italian cinema i feel like i was put off from like from what i like l- uh was exposed to in film school because it's mostly i don't know the fellini bullshit mm-hmm. and some neorealism but i think that this uh the 70s work explores a very interesting like sort of post world war II reaction That you can definitely read into it, like getting into the violence and sadism Mm -hmm. and like Frank's sexuality. I think that is, I don't know, oftentimes more true and interesting than like the art house, like Italian stuff post-war.
1: I think that's about going to close. That's going to I was going to say close the book. Instead, I will say slam the lid on uh the Patreon feed for October. True. Next week, November, Tuesday, Election Day. Vote, 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 vote. Yeah. Vote,
0: vote, 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 vote. Vote for,
1: vote,
2: vote,
0: vote for <laughs> No. <Donald. laughs> <laughs> no. Uh
1: we are we're, a, we're kidding. We're, we're kidding. A, we're a nonpartisan uh <laughs> yeah. podcast. And you know, we're right, not left, even both yeah. fucked up. <laughs> but we're gonna watch a movie about um electoral politics you know we're gonna get on our uh you know smart leftist politics uh podcast person
0: Chapo, watch out watch out we keep doing this you know these politics freaks they're gonna start listening to our shit
1: i don't know dude i've been watching the news lately and i'm saying it politics is fucked up
0: yeah the news that's kind of like a the horror movie in itself right That's
1: very true I, I feel like <laughs> maybe one person has said that before
0: Oh uh, really uh, Well sorry
1: <laughs> Next week we're going to be talking about the Chris Rock film Head of State
0: Now that's that's going to be fun Bernie Mac second build um, You know what if Chris Rock was president That's what this movie dares to ask
2: I'm excited to find <laughs> out uh, Goodbye Patreon.